An artist's duty, as far as I'm concerned, is to reflect the times. I think that is true of, of our painters, sculptors, poets, musicians. I, it's because I'm concerned it's their choice. But I choose to reflect. Hello. Hey. Um, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? Um, great. Coming at you live from my closet. Molly um, looking glamorous. It's kind of, uh, kind of obscene. She looks like glamorous and yet she's like squatted inside of a closet with her cat, Mr. Eleanor. And uh, now he wants out. Oh, oh God, poor gonna... guy. <sighs> but Go. you look great. That closet. You look great. That closet doesn't deserve you. <laughs> I need to get back out of the damn closet, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, we're gonna <sighs> talk about closets and being in them. Oh yeah. And being All out the time. Them. On the pod. On the pod. Um. <laughs> so speaking of the pod, this week. The, this is the pod. This is the pod. Welcome to the <laughs> podcast. This is female gaze. I'm A Chrissy. podcast where. Oh sorry. Um. Where. Oh sorry. <laughs> killing it uh, um yes, doing so good <laughs> that that's chrissy and i am the opposite of chrissy i'm molly um and we're incredible hosts your fearless leaders um thank you so much for listening to our first episode yes oh my gosh the support that people have shown thus far has been just uh i, I don't know what to say it's made my soul sore i feel like molly absolutely would, um i i sort of like was just like, we're going to make this podcast, it's for us, like, more than anything, mm -hmm. you know? Like, maybe some people will listen, but, like, gotten a lot of support and, like, lots of nice messages and makes me feel good. Yeah, you guys, you're so nice. We're just, like, BSing over here. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, just, we're just talking. We're just, like, um, having conversations we would have usually and uh, putting them online. Oh, yes, we are. So... <laughs> Um, I guess we can jump right into uh, Karen Kusama's The Invitation. Before we jump into oh, okay. that, I okay. actually I want to clear up the fact that your name is in fact Chrissy and not Crispy because um, a okay. lot of people messaged me and were like, you, you and your friend Crispy's podcast because they found your Instagram. Oh no. And I was like, that's not... <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's not... Um, <laughs> yeah, let, we can delve into that real quick. It's just a brief, brief uh, de detour. Yeah, Crispy uh, came from when we all got iPhones around the same time. I feel like because I, you got iPhone and <laughs> you got iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> you got your iPhone in in high school, Molly, and I think I got mine as well in high school. Like we, I think both of our families were a little late on the draw there. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, and so uh, one of the first realizations of having an iPhone is that it loves to autocorrect, as as most of you at this point know in 2020. Um, but Chrissy, my full name is Christina. Um, my nickname is Chrissy, C-R-I-S-S-Y. Um, the iPhone, however, does not like Chrissy without an H and will not type Chrissy without an H. Um, and it will autocorrect it to crispy every single time. Uh, and it started with like my mom would text me and all the texts would say crispy because she, I guess, wouldn't correct, re, recorrect them after it autocorrected. And then like it started happening with friends and it just came, became like this recurring joke. It's a whole thing now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, no, like her name is not crispy yeah but. and i thought it would be funny to keep that as my instagram name it is funny and i love i sort of like love the the discourse of like right is her name actually like people just like being respectful of like her, her name is fucking crispy i know honestly <laughs> thank you guys for calling me crispy <laughs> and not just assuming you know me as call a person. her by her name call me by <laughs> my name and my name is is crispy um uh, just kidding it's crispy you can call me whatever you guys want um <laughs> within reason <laughs> but but no yeah uh 
Yeah, I've, I, it's funny that you bring that up because I, I just remember at one point in high school, I had like this, this person in college was wanting to do like a photo shoot with uh, me as a model and several of my peers as a model and like uh, as models and they t contacted my peers originally, my friends at the time, and they just kept calling me Crispy uh, on this like message board that they all shared and finally one of my friends was like um by the way like the crispy thing isn't real like her name is Chrissy and like and everyone was like oh oh all right um interesting and I was like wait pause for a sec you guys thought my name was crispy <laughs> yeah yeah they just like went with it yeah and we're like yeah, this this is it. Yeah, this is it. But I kind of love it. <laughs> feels good. Feels good. Feels good. Uh, and feels he, right. Yeah, it feels right. It really does. It's kind of it's. A, I feel like it in a way it says a lot about my personality without revealing a lot at the same time. Absolutely. So anyway, yes, uh, I'm Chrissy. This is Molly, also known as Malls, Paul Malls. Uh, your, your name is Crispy Girl in my phone. Crispy Girl, yeah. Crispy Girl. <laughs> I think yours is, uh, well, yours, yours is, was Paul Mall. And mm -hmm. then when you decided to quit smoking, I felt like that was disrespectful. <laughs> so I changed it. I'm uh, fully a smoker again, Yay, so it's okay. okay. Sweet. Um, <laughs> we, we, we can go back. Okay, yeah. Awesome. Um, that, that pandemic stress. Uh, it did it. Got me, got me unable to quit. Yeah, yeah, no judgment. <laughs> Physically incapable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was some uh, important information to clear up mm -hmm. at the top. Awesome. So I appreciate yeah. it. Well, <laughs> well, with that being being cleared up for anyone who had had questions about it, I guess are you ready? Are you ready to talk? I'm about ready. Yes. The Let's talk about. Karen Kusama's The Invitation. Yes. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So interestingly enough, I kind of didn't realize until after the fact that um, Karen Kusama also had directed Jennifer's Body. Jennifer's Body. Yes. yes. Which I still have not seen, but I believe it's on our list. It is on, um, yeah. I was resistant to watching it in the beginning because of, I mean, essentially, like, all of the marketing around it was just, like, made it seem, like, gross to me and, like... Yeah, it was very much, uh, to the, to the male, for the male, yeah, yeah, for the yeah, male yeah. gaze, so, so oh, to say. Not to be a uh, little too topical, but, uh, like, <laughs> uh, While um, we're on the subject of the matter, um, no, but yeah. But, yeah, it was uh, TikTok film critic, LOL, uh, only in 2020 will you hear me uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> utter that string of words. Um, uh, Lena Wilson, mm -hmm. who published an article about it and also, like, just sort of, like, stands Jennifer's body mm -hmm. on just throughout her TikTok account. And I was like, maybe I should reevaluate this. <laughs> I know, same. Well, and I feel like... Based maybe I have, like, a bad take on this, actually. Yeah, well, and, and based on uh, the, the other interpretations of the film that I've gotten from friends, because I, too, have only seen, like, clips of it, because I was, like, mm -hmm. I was morbidly obsessed with it when it came out, but I was very resistant to watch it because... Um, a very fun thing uh, called competition between women and <laughs> how they really how all through growing up as soon as Megan Fox was on television like that's all straight guys would talk about and, right you know obviously in a very um, very gross misogynistic um, appearance based way never about her acting never about anything like that um, right However, I've in in these later years, like, uh, and you've experienced the same thing. I've had a lot of people recommend it to me because it's almost like an anthem for a lot of bisexual people. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, as two people who haven't seen the movie yet, we probably shouldn't delve too much into why that is. But yeah, we'll we'll save it for the Jennifer's exactly, Body episode. Exactly. But I, I thought it was important to mention. Um, that's kind of like her her like known yes. Piece. Her tour de force, um, so you will. Yes, yes, magnum opus. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know if we could call it that yet because we have not seen it. We haven't so. seen it, guys. So <laughs> I, I don't know if we can fully endorse it in such a way. Um, I'll, I'll preview that- statements redacted. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's on editing the pod. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, without further ado, the invitation. Yeah. Had you seen it prior to this uh, watch? Um, so I actually hadn't. It had been on my list for uh, since it came out on Netflix. But I mm-hmm. am, and I'm sure, I hope many listeners can relate to this and that I'm not alone in this. But I, I have a very expansive list of movies that I feel like I will never watch half of them because it just feels like so much content. And that's just like on Netflix alone, um, let alone all the other streaming services that are now available too. Right, and um, that's exactly why we started the podcast, exa- to force yes. us to watch other movies yes. because I feel exactly the same in that um, I have these like long lists of like, you know, people give these shining recommendations of things, and I'm like, that sounds like it's totally up my alley. Cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Here I am just re-watching Six Feet Under <laughs> for the 15th time. Like, that's it. That's all I watch. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, and, and the same can be said for me, uh, too. Like, I just, I feel like I just find a movie that speaks to me, and then I'll just watch that as I fall asleep most nights, like, for comfort mm-hmm. and stability. Um but yeah, we're no. growing our brains here. We're growing together. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow, this movie uh, was not at all. I mean, it was a, not at all what I was expecting. Although I feel like the plot summary that Netflix provides does create kind of a good um, like stepping point. You kind of mm-hmm. you kind of can sense maybe a little bit of what you're getting into, but. Um, so much of it is so subtle and not even necessarily related to the plot specifically that made this movie special. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, let's let's dive in. Yes, um, beautiful fucking movie. I love horror as a genre, mm-hmm. um, but I find it hard to find things that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the sense of like, it's all just like really thin plot lines, um, to support like, just like gore, you know, Absolutely. Or- <laughs> just like as a, a vehicle for gore or just like really like, I don't know, gross ideas. I feel like that mm-hmm. are, it's, it's uh, horror feels a lot of times just exploited ex- <laughs> exploitation <laughs> yeah exactly um, though yeah um but i feel like this is one of those rare ones that doesn't do yeah. that yeah i is very subtle it yeah was, was, very very subtle it's a it's very much like a slow um slow brew method mm-hmm. of a movie. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like a coffee that brews slowly but like I don't brew. know. My, like a cold It's like, like a cold like, brew. Do you guys know cold brew? It's like a cold brew of a movie. It's like that. It brews for at least 12 to 16 hours. You know cold exactly. brew. Um, exactly. But it was like that. Um, yeah. Okay. So in talking about this movie I, I as a as a film consumer, I find myself sometimes getting a little too invested in specifics of film, like when it comes to cinematography, the aesthetic of it, like the score, Mm -hmm. things like that. This movie was very simplistic in a lot of ways, like cinematography wise, editing wise, like score wise, so simple. And it was good that way. Right, um, like in a trimming the fat sort of exactly sense. Exactly, like the, there was not a lot of excess to to go through because this film in is so I'm trying to think of the right word. Like it's a thriller of sorts, but the, it's a it's there's a code to be cracked. Uh, it's there's like definitely a Kusama, the Karen Kusama. She's trying to create. Um, a puzzle as the movie is going. So you're not only watching this puzzle being formed in real time, but you're also watching it being broken by your own 
own mind, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and picking up on, like, specific lines here. And that's why it was so important to be so focused on dialogue and, like, certain aspects of it versus, like, maybe the more f- what some would consider, like, flowery uh, parts of film making. And, mm-hmm. uh, because there were so many hints, so much foreshadowing, so many clues, and also, like, misdirections and things like that that really made this so interesting and you as a viewer getting to play a role in the movie um as you as you yourself are solving the puzzle while she's creating it around you which i thought was so cool right um from from the beginning like it there's no like fluff in there we start on a cold open um we get will our main character and his girlfriend kira they are on their way to this party we're just diving into the plot here mm-hmm. um <clears throat> they are on their way to this party that will's ex-wife and new partner have invited them and all of her and will's old friends mm-hmm. too it's like a weird dinner party they haven't seen each other for two years because his ex-wife eden disappeared for about two years after are we i feel like it's going to be hard to talk about this movie without giving spoilers Ooh, there um i let's uh my attempt at not giving the spoiler away would be saying like uh they both experienced something traumatic together yes that ended their marriage that that was yeah played a part in ending their marriage and uh it it uh it was part of also why she disappeared for two years and came back uh, now with this new, new found, found look on life, you know. And so speaking of her newfound look on life, one of the first things that I noticed was the color grade. Mm-hmm. It was very much like a peachy, like yellows, like pinky yellow like salmony color like and immediately like with the way that eden and her what is his name david adam david no adam uh, <laughs> no, no but that was an interesting piece too eden and david i i, I... they they're viewing the world through like rose-colored glasses mm-hmm. now um yes sort of thing absolutely um, and and one of the beginning scenes um in fact it's like the beginning scene uh, as Will and his girlfriend Kira are on the way to the party, they hit a coyote, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the way that whole situation is handled um, recurs throughout in different ways. Um, yeah. So keep keep an eye out on that when you watch this. Also, very much into like Kusama uh, was very much into like staccato type shots like she doesn't do a lot Mm -hmm. of big pans it's a lot of cuts she also Mm -hmm. plays she plays with different styles of filming different types of cinematography which i thought was interesting because i feel like a lot of filmmakers feel this uh pressure to like once they pick a specific style for the film they will just like carry through with that style like um as to maybe not convolute it or whatever but i thought this was interesting how she chose to play around with um, the types of shots and, and the gradient of the film and, like, the color schemes of the film. Because color played such a huge aspect in, like, flashbacks versus where they are today versus, right. like, <clears throat> where the other characters are and their point in lives and, and how that relates and connects. And, um, yeah. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Yes, so whenever they hit that coyote, um, Will immediately, you know, knows that he has to, like, this this coyote is not going to live. It's just going to suffer on the side of the road. He has to kill it. And so, like, in this very first scene, we see this main character that we have just been introduced to literally, like, a minute and 30 seconds ago. Mm-hmm take a fucking crowbar and wah, kill wah, a coyote wah, 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 wah. he just says a pop and uh, <laughs> and you're like um okay all right cool smash. um so <laughs> that is the first introduction of like 
the larger theme of the movie, which is, (laughs) um, without giving too many spoilers, honestly, okay, I'm just gonna say it, like, if you're gonna listen to an episode of the pod, you should probably watch the movie before... Okay, yeah. Is this, Del- delving into an episode. Is this, is this um, the rule that we're making? Because I like it. Not necessarily so. a rule, but like just a, just a, a, a warning. Suggestion. Just a, yeah, just a like, warning. It's a suggestion. Um, like we, we, it's hard to talk about movies without giving spoilers. Um, especially one of the one larger, like this. Like, yes, yeah. because it's just like, it's so much about subtlety. Um, mm-hmm. but one of the, the larger themes is like, if you are suffering, aren't you better off dead? This is kind yes. of what I feel like it suggests. Yeah. yeah. And like, <laughs> so when, when Will and Kira arrive to the party, David, who we already immediately, Kusama, she does such a great job of, uh, directing this actor whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, but, uh, the actor who plays David, he... He looks like Tom Hardy. Yeah, he looks like... Oh, wait. Is that David or is that Will? Maybe I actually don't know what Tom Hardy looks like. Because um. <laughs> I would have said he look, Will looks like Tom Hardy. Um, okay. Um, and both, both of them... Okay, anyway. Yeah. Um, um, Ca- Cassidy came in the other day and said, oh, he looks like Tom Hardy, and I thought she was talking about David. So oh, I oh. actually... I could not identify Tom Hardy. <laughs> Okay, so here, I think <laughs> That's a sidebar. <laughs> sidebar, uh, Molly's never seen Tom Hardy. Molly hates Tom Hardy. I actually, yeah, I, um, that's merch. Uh, who is Tom Hardy? Who is Tom Hardy? <laughs> hey, guys, if you're interested, uh, we're, <laughs> we're making merch for the pod, and it just, <laughs> it just says, who is Tom who Hardy? Who is Tom Hardy? Um, female gaze, <laughs> who is Tom Hardy? Um, ooh, we should just, anyway. We'll get into merch as, as time goes on. But yeah. yeah um, no, but David... So so Will uh, recounts this episode of him having to violently kill this coyote in front of Kira, literally on their way to the party, and everyone's shocked and upset. And David, Eden's new husband, uh, who immediately after Kusama like invites him into the plot, it's uh, very clear that he um he brings a sense of unease to the situation which we already could feel that unease prior to going in cuz well you know obviously he's about to see his ex-wife that he hasn't seen at all or been in contact with at all for 2 years um so a lot of tension already but then when david's introduced it creates this uh discomfort throughout the entire um home that the that the story takes place in and you can really feel like a a sense of heaviness in the air even though there's not like a special effect being done there's not literal like fog in the room but it feels like there's like a a weird um just weight in in there it's palpable it is very palpable. palpable and that is all due to the incredible acting of these um of these uh actors yes <laughs> and and also the actors we we later learn that all of the friends present were also present other uh, so other than the the new friends that um david sort of brings into the situation all of the other friends that are at this party were present when the traumatic event that ruined their marriage happened mm-hmm. so everyone is just feeling like they all have emotional ties yeah more more than just like our friends got divorced it's heavier than that it's heavier than that and and but you can really feel like besides those who were directly affected by the event um the denial and the the um hope to kind of push away the event that had happened like they pretend like things are normal pretend like things are lively and and like you know just kind of palling around at the beginning as if you know things hadn't gone down two years ago and uh it again speaks to today i feel like how you know society tells us to be okay we, we just don't know how to deal with trauma no like. we don't know how to deal with trauma <laughs> as a society uh, individually and and i feel like this movie also pick uh you know shines a light on that of like 
this is how this character deals with trauma by like not dealing with it this is how this character deals that's with trauma a that's being- a huge theme and um so basically i feel like we should go into like what the party setup is mm-hmm. um so because that's like a huge yes the, the invitation um, it, the name originates from will and kira are coming to this party because they've received this ornate invitation from eden and her new husband david uh for a dinner party yes and they're they're so they're not really sure what to expect um they come in it's friends as usual um sort of just weird and then um, they are shown a video and it is revealed that they went to Mexico and essentially joined a cult. Mm-hmm. And in this cult, they celebrate, um, f- quote unquote, freeing yourself from your trauma mm-hmm. in death. In death, exactly. In in death. Um, so from the very moment that they walk in the door, Eden is just like rosy cheeked. She's happy. Um, she's glamorous. She she's like she's charis- gorgeous. She's charismatic. She's just, she's just being lovely to yeah, everyone. Captivating um, presence until the moment that um, she is having a conversation with Will and another friend of theirs. And the other friend says, well, you know, Eden, this all just sounds kind of crazy. Because she's talking about how, like, happy and wonderful she feels. And immediately she slaps the shit out of this guy. She she gives it to him. She wails. (laughs) And um, she... It's just very clear that she is not healed. She's just further repressed it. And it is haunting her so fucking much. Um, and, um, she even, like, in the very next scene, she goes up to this friend and says, I've forgotten about it, and you should, too. Yes, it's very much like this, uh, cat, like, clinging to denial. Denial and dismissiveness. Exactly, yeah. Of, like, oh, this was painful for me, so instead of exploring why that is, we are gonna push it away or, or push it down. Um, quote unquote get rid of it get rid of it uh, which that use, they keep calling it useless pain useless pain yeah yeah and and keep as two work. people who have done like a lot of trauma work yeah Ooh, let's, yeah. Like, <laughs> let's talk about that <laughs> continue keep going <laughs> um, say more I was like mm, this is actually like I don't know I've just been to therapy for so long that I was like this is kind of like I don't know, it's just it's just very clear to like pinpoint at this point like mm-hmm. that's very unhealthy rhetoric and completely right. wrong and <laughs> Right, exactly. And, and glaringly obviously that is not true what you're saying. Yes. And and so to to bring it back to Will too, he is seeing this di- dismissiveness from his friends, from his former partner who was part of this moment with him that was so mm-hmm. painful. And, um, and he's witnessing all this dismissiveness and it, it is just, he is like writhing from the inside out, uh, just cause he feels so, I interpreted it as like, he feels so unheard and invalidated and feels mm-hmm. like a lot of things that were involved in the situation were invalidated and, and it's like. Uh, for him, you know, coming back to this home that used to be his, that he used to share with his wife, Eden, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it's like somebody hit the unpause button because everyone else hit pause and moved on with their lives after this happened. Even Eden, right. supposedly, uh, with mm-hmm. David, uh, she literally moved on and moved out and moved to New Mexico or moved to Mexico. And, um, and whereas Will was kind of left in his own, like, sadness. And whether he has worked on that or not, we, you know, I don't know if we officially determine that, but he is definitely the most emotionally mature and aware and and 
the actor, um, I'm trying to, let me pull up his name, um, <laughs> the actor though, he does an excellent job, um, of like, bringing this air of like, he's able to kind of cut through the bullshit almost immediately, um, Logan Marshall Green, uh, this is who I think you think Tom Hardy is. Logan Marshall Green. Oh. All right, people in the comments, that's your <laughs> challenge. Does does, it, does Logan Marshall Green look like Tom Hardy? <laughs> or, or who, who is the it, fuck is Tom Hardy? <laughs> <laughs> who even knows at this point? Although I know. Uh, because I, I did go through a phase. But <laughs> um, I was going to say, don't we all, but apparently not. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Don't we all, except for Molly. Um, which, good Not on like you. other girls. Good on you. You're not like other girls. <laughs> nah. I'm obsessed with it. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, and it's like, um, and as soon as, as soon as Eden is confronted with, like, hey, I feel like your joy and your positivity is rooted in, in, like basically just trying to brush off anything that happened as soon as just she's sort con- of falsehood yeah totally she, as soon as she's confronted with that it's like she she says if anyone or she she says no one's going to take that from me um she's very defensive of mm-hmm. like this this uh this fallacy of peace that she's found and um, it's very unclear like what positions like the cult takes other than like the end goal (laughs) exactly exactly um which is to me like if you have unresolved trauma why not just kill yourself exactly yeah and like uh, what (laughs) it's uh it's kind of yeah it's mind-boggling and and i and as you want i don't think the the uh the characters Eden david do such a good job at like um, kind of meandering their way around that um, part of the the cult and what what they're trying because they, they're basically just trying to convert their friends that they've invited in a way plus plus other things uh, but um, yeah it's like they talk about peace and mercy and death in fact David when will has just come told the story about killing the coyote everyone's like visibly upset and david's like no 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 that's okay that's mercy and um yeah that was just such an important line for me because it really set up like the ideology that clearly david and and carrie of like like no like we do not have to live in pain on earth and we shouldn't live in pain on earth Mm -hmm. um which is a really scary um very scary to dive into of like and mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, uh, and you and i as people who have struggled with with mental illness and depression like uh yeah rhetoric like that can become very problematic and very troublesome and scary question yeah do you think that you now or you previously ever would be or would have been susceptible to a cult yes i say that with my whole chest yes if you if you had come to me in circa 2015, 100%, right? I would have joined a cult. Oh my god. Yeah, we Yeah. That was I, a, that was a rough go. I feel like <laughs> There was so honestly, I was about to say that was the year, but now I'm thinking about it and I was like, honestly, it was just like a whole like maybe decade. It, the, there was a long period of time. There was a long stretch of time where I think both of us were definitely very susceptible to cult rhetoric. Yeah, um, especially especially one that promises like alleviation from like self hatred, alleviation and from and just trauma, like ed- eternal pain. suffering. Yeah, um, and and that's why R- religion is a cult. Um, that's uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oops. <laughs> Did we say it? I don't know. No. <laughs> Fast forward if you have feelings. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but hot yeah. Hot takes only. Hot takes only. Like, but another beautiful reason of why it's exciting to do our own podcast is the hot takes are welcome here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 
it, and and I feel like what else? Um, oh man, there's just like yeah, it was just such a, a such a cool film, and and I really ur- urge those who watch it after listening to this like. Um, look for the clues look for the puzzle pieces like I mean enjoy it however you love to enjoy movies like don't 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 try to change your way of watching <laughs> for us like you do don't do you. that for us um, but if you are if you are so inclined um, yeah it's like there's so many cool aspects of foreshadowing that Karen just nails um, like in in subtlety but also in like delivering (laughs) yes like if you're being if you're being aware and if you're being an active watcher like it's easy to pick up on these things and to like make this into like not only a a beautiful film to watch but like almost a fun game to interact with Um, right which i feel like is probably one of the things that made this film probably enjoyable for her to make is like Yes, it's there's a lot of pain and suffering involved in this film, but the film itself is so entertaining in the in the way that these concepts are delivered, and uh, I just I really appreciated that as a as a viewer to like al- almost feel like I was playing an active role in how the movie was progressing. It definitely yeah, it does a good job of keeping you interested the mm-hmm. entire time and not just with the like whole horror genre of like jump scares it's like very i like movies that are like psychological thrillers and whatever and it does like okay spoiler devolve into like a gore fest sort of thing yeah um as as most thrillers in a good way in a good way again Um, she also does it with great subtlety right Um, and it's also something that's interesting to me is that this movie takes place in los angeles so there's very much like a culture out there like it's it's very like meta that like LA is so like susceptible to like fads and whatever Absolutely. and like fads in that sort of way sort of thrive there mm-hmm. um so of course like all of these friends are just kind of like hanging in the emotional balance of like bearing witness to the trauma of like the pre- the former couple um and like having not been such great friends in the the time the interim yeah in the interim period <clears throat> and then now just sort of like trying to be supportive to both parties and um it's just sort of normalized that like fads like that happen in LA like at one point one of the um one of the guys in the gay couple is like, oh, I have lots of friends who do the invitation. It's, like, totally fine. Yeah. Like, it's, and one was it's, like, it's is whatever. this an est? Like, yeah. like it's just, like, uh, they, they bring up, like, oh, yeah, it's happening all over the coasts and stuff. Like, right, New York, right. L.A. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like, whatever. It's fine. Um, whereas, like, Which, yeah, I love Will that. is having, like, very real valid reactions to the things that are happening and everyone is just like sort of making him feel crazier than the reality yes yeah and it's like i feel like that's a build-up too like yes we have this one build-up of the like the the more central plot which is okay we've now introduced a cult okay now a climax is happening involving that int- like information but then there's this sub-climax of Will coming to terms with the trauma that he's been through and, like, really feeling unheard. And there's a beautiful scene um, where he's sitting and eating with everyone's having their meal. They're finally, like, having the, the big dinner of the night together. And everyone's eating and nobody's, like, really interacting with him and he's just, like, kind of viewing people and... As, uh, as the scene progresses, the sounds get more unsettling and, like, the laughter gets almost, like, maniacal and, like, it gets very, like, eerie very quickly. It t- suddenly turned from a group of friends having a joyful, like, dinner together into, like, a nightmare for him. And he starts to, in in the scene, he starts to scream 
for his, his girlfriend, Kira, and he starts to scream for help, and nobody hears him. And we know that this is, like, an internal scream, and it's, like, not actually happening in, in reality. However, it was such a... It was beautiful- a panic attack. It was a panic like, attack, and it was a perfect- And that was beautiful depiction yeah, of that. <laughs> yeah, of, like, being trapped and, like, things... Nothing inherently wrong. Nothing inherently dangerous happening in that moment. But it felt... It feels so upsetting and unsettling when you watch that scene, which is exactly if you know someone who has anxiety or someone who goes through panic attacks, like, that's how it feels of, like, you can be in a completely safe, unharmful situation, and suddenly the things around you, um, whether it be sounds, sights, um, just feeling invalidated, it just comes to this head. There were just so many triggers for him that night of mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. compounded with like drinking right and Ooh, also uh, c- compounded with um because you know like sometimes you get like weird like headspace whenever you're drinking of course right um and of course like also like you said like being invalidated by truly everyone around him oh yeah it's like even kira who is like his partner supportive of him mm-hmm. but she also like only has an outsider's perspective right so she's trying to you know be a good guest mm-hmm. and um you know be kind to all of these people and uh, be kind to this host who is the former spouse of her current partner. And Tricky! It's, it's a sticky situation. <laughs> like, can you blame her? Can you blame her? But, yeah, which was another really great thing that uh, I felt like um, that, that Karen did of uh, kind of eventually, like, showing that um, character evolution of Kira of, like, Initially, her kind of just playing the same role that everyone else was in the party, and then eventually, uh, as the movie progresses and things get a little harder, or like, and things start to become violent and things like that, she um, very much becomes a partner for him in it, and in fact, at one point, like, defends him in in like one of the coolest ways. Um, again, harkens back to the very first scene with the coyote. Mm-hmm. Um, like, same same dynamic, same one person in fear. In the beginning, it's Kira. She watches Will murder this coyote um, out of mercy. And then in retrospect, uh, or in, in a flash forward to after things go down at this cult party, <laughs> um... Yeah, she takes on that role of protecting him, um, and that was a really cool, uh, I think, development for her character that could have could have been avoided. I mean, it didn't have to be part of the film, but I think that shows also the maybe hinting at how in relationships certain things can be certain people can be toxic because you maybe trauma bond together and get stuck right. in that trauma, whereas. Kira and Will are both trying to claw their way out of it. Will actually clawing his way out of it because he was part of it, but her, like, pulling him up, helping him out, um, mm-hmm. helping them both progress and move forward, uh, which is not something Eden was wanting nor prepared to do at the time. Right. Um, she just sort of was broken by this trauma and... Um, did do exactly that and trauma bonded to someone that she met in like a grief support group mm-hmm. and they yes. um yeah sort of move forward on this like really misguided idea of just getting rid of bad feelings and mm-hmm. y- if you d- which like that is actually like a a thing of like cognitive behavioral therapy is just like reframing the way you think about things mm-hmm. but um they take it to quite an extreme yeah i, I don't <laughs> i don't know if i've ever heard a uh a, a cbd a cbt therapist say like oh yeah suicide's totally a coping mechanism. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no um yeah i don't that, I, you might want the, to go back 
to, the, to this podcast school. does not um, endorse suicide as a <laughs> coping mechanism for your trauma. Uh, yes, uh. no, please, <laughs> like feel that pain, feel that pain. Be- mm-hmm. It's better than the alternative. Um, at least I think. Um, not that we're gonna try to therapize everyone on the podcast. I'm sure. Oh, oh, I will. I but, mean, um. I, yeah, I have a lot <laughs> of things to say, but I also know that. Uh, yeah, uh, this is about movies. Okay, Chrissy, we're talking movies. <laughs> talking movies. Okay. So all of that being said, um, if you, our listeners, have some unresolved trauma yourself. Um, Please seek a therapist. Do not join a cult. Um, do not, not kill yourself, please. Those, those two, you can cross those off the list. Not good coping mechanisms, no, no, actually. No. Um, it's uh, especially now in quarantine. It's a great time to evaluate your trauma in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of face it in whatever way you're ready to do and able to do. Um, and, uh, killing yourself is not on, on the list of ways to deal. It's probably, (laughs) it's probably the worst, uh, thing you could do. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And with that, I also am realizing we sort of like, well, uh, just, just like revealed like the major thing of the movie in sort of a vague way. So even if you haven't seen the movie yet, you'll still like get some new information. Yes, we didn't in reveal watching the, it. There there's still you guys don't know what the trauma is yet. Yeah, yeah. There <laughs> got stick around for the trauma. <laughs> stick around for the trauma. Um, <clears throat> there is still like quite a bit of meat to this story that we yes. didn't reveal. Um, Brilliant characters, fun acting, fun mm-hmm. uh, fun testimonials from other characters who aren't necessarily main to the plot, but like a lot of cool meat and goodness. Quick, quick question. Also, um, this is just a passing thought that I had. I haven't really like stewed on it too much. But do you think that Eden invited all of those people there because she really wanted them to? Um, have like a dignified passing or whatever with her or um was it out of fear a an, or was it like a revenge sort of thing because all of those people were present oh <gasps> okay so that's a good question because she obviously is vengeful because she slapped the shit out of ben yeah very, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's not really to like question. dive into that. That's actually like sort of a heavy question. Like as we're trying to end the pod. Yeah. Um. If, if, you'll, if you'll stick with us viewers uh, or listeners, I, uh, yeah. Cause I could see that going one of three ways. And honestly, the least likely for me is the obvious one of like, she wants a dignified death for her. Right. Friends. Absolutely. Like, I, I would definitely rule that one out. I, I um, would rule that one out. And I think, Wow, I really love that you went with that direction of vengefulness and, like, um, spite. Uh, because I didn't even think about that. Because my head was going straight to fear of, like, yes, she's been toting this rhetoric. And, yes, she's been following this cult for two years. And, yes, she's, like, involved with David. But you are catching tinges of doubt. And yes. As the as the film progresses, you really see that doubt um, come come to fruition towards the end. But so so my my perspective was she she did it out of fear a little bit like I don't think she was ready and she wanted those around her to be present. But also, I think I like yours more of the 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 spite (laughs) and the the vengefulness of it, because, yeah, because that makes complete sense, because if it was just about her feeling comforted. She could have invited. She could have invited several people in her into the party and a lot of people in her lives. However, you're right that she specifically chose, like, chose people who were part of that event mm-hmm. for her. Um, and with still again without revealing what the trauma is, they were all present. And as much as it, you know, is Eden and Will's fault for their own like lack of attentiveness um it's as much the friend's fault yes like because they're they're all adults exactly there was like uh yeah the the lack of presentness and the lack of uh, yes paying attention to 
things that were happening that what allowed this you know horrible thing to occur um yeah no that's really incredible molly i love that um well, I'm going to have to rewatch it now solely like with that <laughs> lens of like, oh, mm-hmm. she fucking hates these people. <laughs> um, wow. Awesome. And I, I sort of didn't get it, get that feeling until this most recent watch because I've mm-hmm. seen it a couple of times um, and I've just always sort of just been like mesmerized by it, um, but hadn't really like taken well I, I don't usually take notes when i watch movies but now i am for i know pod. same <laughs> i kind of um, love it though it's made me such a better I, yeah. better um, same same a much member. much a better much a better much a better <laughs> much a better um italiano gusto. Um, <laughs> um also very last thing i can't believe i did not like remember all of these things like oh we just we got were. into such a, a jam with this one it was such yes. a fun one it's a very fun one. Um, I also love a reveal of like a much larger world oh, at yes. the very fucking end. Oh, you guys uh, like, have to watch it for the end alone. Just for like literally like the last 30 seconds. It, yes. Oh my fucking God. It. I was like, oh, uh. Uh, and, and then like the credits were oh my god so good uh and i oh. I, I i'm glad that we're not saying exactly what it is because then yes. like people will actually maybe watch it but yes guys so interesting so cool please watch this movie um please also just watch jennifer's body tell us how it is tell us if it's worth it uh. yeah, yeah let us know um <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> with that, um, thank we, you for listening. We, thanks for listening. We loved this movie. We hope you love this movie too. Um, we hope you like the pod. Um, rant, subscribe. Um, we will have a, who is Tom Hardy merch coming soon. Yes. Um, actually I know this is a joke, but I've already got like a couple of game plans. In my you got head some game plans. What, All right. Y'all be on the lookout for who is Tom Hardy merch. Chrissy got some, Chrissy got some ideas y'all. She's Chrissy. Some ideas. Ah, okay. Um, All right. I love you. you. Oh my God. God. The listeners are going to hate us. Bye, (laughs) y'all. So I don't think you have a choice. How can you be an artist and not reflect the times? That to me is the definition of an artist. The music for today's podcast is The Definition by CJ. You can find more of his music at cjmakesbeats.bandcamp.com.